I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. This is Drink of Ages radio show here on ESPN 97.5. I am John Denman, Tom Painter, hanging out. Uh, we're back, and we're back. We are. I hope everybody had an excellent New Year's. Uh, it is 2022 now, first show. Uh yeah, for uh, first show back from Vegas uh, last week was uh, fantastic. So this is gonna be a little odd. This is the second time we've attempted to record this. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling a story I've already told, but that's okay because it's a great story to tell. It's the uh, same story though that I already told like eight times because everybody asks, "How was Vegas?" Was well, it? let me tell you about yeah. Vegas. And and uh, our friends at Abel Baker, they they, they treated us right. Uh, you know we. Uh, we got in there at eleven. I think we left at like four or five. So it was. Uh, it was really good. Really good beers. Uh, that pork belly taco. Yes, that food there was. The food was pretty was excellent. Delicious. It was a great way to end the year. That's for sure. So if you're ever in Vegas, stop by Abel Baker. It's a it's a pretty kick ass place. Good. I mean, beers were excellent. And they, they brought out all the barrel aged stuff, and that's when things took a turn for the better. <laughs> from yes. the, if I remember correctly, yes. Well, we almost got in a fight with some Canadians. Luckily, we didn't. We got out in record time. Uh, uh, we, that we, didn't happen at the brewery. That was actually in the casino. That was in the casino. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, don't dog America. <laughs> That's it. Let me tell you something. Well, o- only to some extent. <laughs> only to some, the. Uh, but yeah, now we're back. We're back in Texas. Back in Houston. We are back in Houston. First show and, of the year. Yeah, first show of the year. We are at Elder Sun Brewing Company. Over up on North Shepherd, 11th Street. Robert Fry is our guest. Hey, guys. And if this place, uh, welcome. Welcome. Uh, so far, we've uh, been going through a lot of beers on the tap wall. Uh, good little spot you have here. Very, you know, it's actually, it's real easy to get to. And right across the street from Kroger, everybody knows where the, all the beer drinkers know where the Kroger is. The Epic Kroger. Yep. The, <laughs> not, not the disco. I didn't know about Not it. the Disco Kroger. The Disco made, Kroger's made no more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was always fun because we lived we lived in Montrose for a little while. And so that Kroger was open 24 hours. Oh, yeah. And so it was always, you know, it was like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. I was like, we need tater tots, you know, or something. And <laughs> you, you, you would run across all sorts of life there, like, like 2, 30, 3 a.m. It was a good time <laughs> yeah. just to go. It Kroger. didn't matter. Just go in there and be like, I'm just going to go to Disco Kroger, hang out. So, like, what's the 2 a.m.? The 2 a.m. crowd for Kroger, like, how does that compare to the 2 a.m. Walmart crowd? Is uh, that the same? <laughs> or no? Well, no. Well, well, the 2 a.m. Kroger crowd, they're, they're, they're going to do some cooking. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> there, there's, a, there, there's, there's a lot of dancing. Oh, well, I guess so is the Walmart A lot crowd. of outfits. <laughs> I'm guessing they're pretty laid back. Yeah. Yeah. Then the, what was the, oh, the, the, the Cougar Kroger over off of West Gray. Yeah, and oh, everybody yeah. was like, "Oh man, you go, you you ever stop by the Kruger Kroger?" I'm like, "No, that was by my old pub," and rolling there at like eight o'clock at night just to go buy some stuff, you know, hot dogs and things. So that's like at like Shepherd and West Gray, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever I moved back to Houston, so I moved back to Houston in 2008. So uh, out of school, I worked in oil and gas for quite a while, a good part of my life, and uh, I was the young guy. Who uh, 
who didn't have a family, so I was transferred to North Dakota for about three years. Anyway, oh. uh, lived in North Dakota. No, loved it. Loved it. No lines, no traffic. It was great. It was it was I freaking mean, cold. There's more more animals than people, and it was pretty cold. Yeah, driving down the road, like uh, you hit something, and you're like, I just hit a pheasant that looks too. It's too fat to fly. You, like this is practically a chicken. You know what I mean? But no. So I I moved back in in uh, <clears throat> late '07, early '08, and I and I lived with a buddy there off of uh, Mason and West Gray, and that's the Kroger that I used to shop at there. Now, what's so great about that Kroger again? It's, it's well, it's called I don't the, recall the Cougar anything. Kroger, and you, if you just <laughs> oh, flash back to that I, time, I got it now. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of like older, good-looking ladies it, walking yeah. through that are like like eyeballing you. <laughs> well, there's that also on uh, there's there's another there's another Kroger there at uh, Speedway and Fifty Nine too, right? Like that's a Cougar Kroger too, huh? I, I would, uh, yeah, probably so. My I never wife. went over there, but it makes sense. Yeah, My wife needs to turn the radio off right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just all those, all those housewives, you know, coming from River Oaks yeah. and whatnot. Exactly. Um, yeah. At two a.m. At, at two, man, that that one was used to be open twenty four hours. No also. good choices are made at two a.m. Always you know, after you leave the bar. <laughs> stop by Kroger, you know, get a frozen pizza. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's all you went in there for, nothing <laughs> to do with the, the leopard-printed spandex walking by and whatever else was happening. An upscale Walmart That's at 2 a.m. Uh, the old Cougar Kroger. But the fact that all the Krogers have like these nicknames, or, or just these three, right? Like I think there's others, but they're just I think they're, they're they try too to hard to name them. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. The other Kroger is like, eh, I guess you know we're. Yeah, this one's epic beer Kroger. So this Kroger, I signed this lease in November of 2020, and I didn't even know about this Kroger, right? So um, the first time I went in there was was, uh, probably uh, uh, UT Oklahoma, Red River Classic football game of uh, 2021. Anyway, um, I told my wife that I I was coming up here on a Saturday morning to clean... Uh, two fermenters, and then I was going to come home, and we were going to we were going to barbecue, hang out, um, and uh, I finished early, and I went over to this Kroger uh, to get something for the grill. All and great I, intentions. All great intentions. Yeah, I was going to be home uh, quickly. I was going to uh, throw some meat on the smoker. We we were going to have a family afternoon, and then I walked through. Uh, the beer aisle as i as i usually do and uh i see the tap wall and there's a seat open at the bar i start watching the game uh she sends me a text at 2 a.m are you coming home and i said i'm almost finished cleaning at the brewery and uh have another beer head home have a great afternoon you know what i mean but but i didn't know about that kroger until that saturday and uh you know it's not open like like that tap wall is not always open so we're closed monday through wednesday and that's usually whenever i clean i brew so forth and so on but uh um i typically hit that kroger at least once a week i mean 
their can selection is just uh it's incredible right so they've always had like an excellent beer selection there christian uh, that dude he he he, i don't know how he finds half the stuff he gets over there but it is it is one of the best stores to go in and buy and buy beers now i mean now heb's taking off where they have so many like heb's you can go through and find so much good craft beers uh but this one this one's just cool because they've been doing it for a long time and like i say you can go there sit down, have a pint. And while you're sitting there, sometimes they'll just break out cheese and crackers. I know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Every, uh, so, uh, what's really cool about most of the grocery stores down here is that, that like, each, each grocery store, H-E-B or Kroger, like, every one of them, they've got a certain person that, uh, that's the person you talk to if you ever want to get, like, your beer in that, that, like, that store right so um if you don't want to do like the minimum case limit and you just want to get into one store right like um we're probably going to start canning uh in a very limited amount right like most of our cans are going to sell out of the tap room we're still pretty small right like we're a three and a half barrel system um i've got some seven barrel fermenters coming in uh late February, early March, and then a 10 barrel coming in probably a month or or two later. But um, if you want to get into just one store, I mean, you can talk to just that one store and you, you, you can stick your cans in just that one store, right? So like, that's one of the great things that I think is happening in the Houston area is that if you want to get into a grocery store market with your cans, you don't necessarily have to have your cans in every store through the Houston area. You know what I mean? So that's really cool. But I mean, for somebody living on like the outskirts of Houston, if they want to get some cans from a certain spot, right? Like maybe you can't get those cans at like, uh, one of the outskirts. Right. But, um, still, I mean, we're in the renaissance of like uh, craft beer still, you know what I mean? I mean, it's been uh, eight or nine years in my opinion, but like we're in the craft renaissance of, uh, of um, sort of like, like everybody's seeking out something new, which is, which is really cool for a new brewery because like you can make something new, right? Like um, uh, we have at least maybe two or three beers on tap that like aren't typically made so we have people walk in and be like oh man a black ipa on tap and it's like yeah like that's my street cred beer you know what i mean that's that's the only reason i make that beer is for somebody to walk in and be like you have a black ipa and i'm like yeah not long but uh <laughs> i just like seeing people walk in and be like man you have a black ipa and it's like, yeah cool i like black ipas so i walked in i saw that and i'm like ah, i'll start with that yeah, I mean, it took a long, long time to go through all those kegs, but still, you know, it was really fun to see people say that, you know. So. Well, on the, on the system that you have, uh, man, you, you could turn out a lot of different beers. So, yeah, so this neighborhood is uh, is drinking a whole lot of beer, and we got a lot of people coming in from the outskirts, too. Um, we're the new guys, so... so um, we're we're uh, kind of still in the honeymoon phase right where everybody wants to come in and see it but it's a three and a half barrel system 
four fermenters. We're always on the edge of running out of beer, which, you know, um, I started a brewery because I like brewing, and I'm having to brew a lot, which is a lot of fun. But every week we sit down and we say, what's the next beer to make? There's about three or four beers that we need to keep on the board. But uh, and what three are those? Oh man! Yeah, what's been the what's been the crowd favorites? Well, the Grizzly Bolt for your wife, right? Grizzly Bolt is the brown ale. Yeah, my wife loves that beer, so I got to keep it up there. Happy wife. Happy I got to have a place to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you ever take that off and then go to Kroger and stay there for way too long, <laughs> stay there for then way too long. you're just in a lot of trouble. So if I come in here, if, if we come in here one day and Grizzly Bolt's off, like trouble in paradise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you come in here and Grizzly Bolt's not on the board, ask me where my bed is, right? Because yeah. I'm sleeping somewhere here. But no, I mean, uh, Grizzly Bolt is a brown ale. It's not an. You know, it's not necessarily going to sell the fastest, but Olga is a blonde. Olga goes uh, really quick. That's what I'm drinking now. Uh, Yeller Weller is kind of what I was known for. That's a milk stout, so that's probably really just seasonal. Um, I've got a New England IPA. It's a juicy New England IPA. Uh, it sells like crazy. Smash Mosaic. or um, sorry. about the... The brew belly. The brew belly. Yeah, that's uh, the, the one that pays the rent. That's the one that I want to change the name to uh, <laughs> rent. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, shapeshifter mosaic. That's that's one that I've had to make uh, four times in uh, ten weeks. It sells like crazy. So like those those are the type of beers that we really need to keep up there. But um, we just started messing around with a wit. We've got a uh, session IPA. Um, we'll start messing around with sours probably next week as well. Um, because everybody loves the sour, right? So, um, but you know, we're going to stay true to also, uh, what's in our wheelhouse, which is going to be more of like your porters and your stouts. Like right now we have a golden stout. It was, uh, made with laser brewing, which is a home brewer. Um, and a, uh, local coffee company called uh, Constellation as well. I like keeping a lot of stuff local, right? Um, so, but with the three and a half barrel system, I mean, there are some good and some negative things there, right? Like uh, I've got to brew uh, two to three times a week, which right now it's just me, but hopefully um, we're in week 11 right now, so hopefully uh, the middle of next year we'll start hiring more and I'll get, you know, a little bit more help in here. But um, we're just constantly brewing, which which uh, lets us be a little bit more creative, right? So there's a Saison that I've got that I really want to get up there, so we'll probably brew that Saison in about a week and a half. Uh, we'll start aging stuff here probably late February. We're going to do a... Um, a Saison and a rum barrel. We're going to do Yeller Weller, which is a milk stout. That's kind of the beer that I was known for. We'll throw that in a whiskey barrel. And then um, we're also going to do a quad uh, in a gin barrel. So those are the stuff, like those are the things that we're really excited about moving forward. You know what I mean? So Yeah, so we start putting stuff in barrels. Uh, it does get exciting. Uh, I don't know. I love barrel-aged beers. Where am I going to put the barrels, though? That's, that's what I was right. wondering. Like, where are the <laughs> barrels going to go? 
No, so I actually was sitting here thinking. I was like, you know what? I mean, how many the, the four top table right there under the TVs? You know how how much money do you make off of that compared to what you're gonna? T- oh, you don't make money off of barrel aged beers. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just fun to do. Yeah, but it's funny you say that because that's where they're going. That's where they're going. Right under the TV over there. So for all the listeners uh, out there, we're we're about twenty two hundred square foot inside, uh, air conditioned, heat and uh, heated as well. The brew space takes up about a thousand of that. The walk-in cooler takes up another three hundred. We seat about um, seventy people inside, and then we got a then we got an outdoor space that uh, seats about another fifty people. So So you got some people in here. Yeah, yeah, plenty. Still working on the outdoor space right now. I like that outdoor space. It's good. Add more lights, kids. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like, adding more lights, adding more stuff for the kids, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Maybe one more TV out there, but uh, yeah, I mean it's definitely a work in progress. I mean we're at eleven weeks, week eleven, so. right? Like I don't even know what everybody wants yet, you know. So, but well, I'm gonna need another beer. Tom's gonna need one. Uh, so let's take a break and get some more beers. When we get back, we'll talk more with Robert Fry over at Elder Sun Brewery here in Houston. This is Drink of Ages Radio on ESPN 97.5. We'll be right back. fans, Sean from Platypus Brewing, located right here in Houston. We're very crafty here at Platypus Brewing, not your average brewery, but offering something for everyone and inviting you to join me for a few brews, some tasty grub, and very excited to announce our new liquor and craft cocktails with a full bar. Happy hour Tuesday to Friday, sports on the tellies, large covered patio, both family and dog friendly. 1902 Washington Avenue, just a stone's throw from downtown. Platypus Brewing, brewed with Texan heart and Australian soul. Platypusbrewing.com. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers and stouts, definitely going to find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play though. Nine hole championship putt-putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf, or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. Hi, it's Tom from No Label Brewing down in Katy, Texas. Come out and visit us seven days a week in historic Katy, right between the silos. If it's the weekend, it's live music, it's beer releases, it's food trucks, vendors, HGX markets, more. Can't make it on the weekend? Don't worry. We're open seven days a week. So coming out for bingo nights, trivia nights, run clubs, there's so much going on out here between the silos. So if you're looking for craft beer and a good time, come out to Katy, Texas. Come out to No Label. All right, we are back. This is Drink of Ages Radio here on the ESPN 97.5. We are hanging out at Elderson Brewing Company. Robert Fry is our guest. And, man, that first segment, we went through some beers. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to rem- We went through some beers before the first segment. We went through some beers, yeah, before the first segment. And Tom Bob, he brought me a, a six-pack of... Uh, oh, some perpetual peace. Some perpetual peace, which I'm getting into now, so... The next couple of segments might be. It's only going to might, get better. Might be a little yeah, entertaining. Or worse. This is a great beer, bud. This is an incredible beer. Yeah, it is an incredible beer. 
It's incredible everything about that. It's like sweet, malty. It's got a high ABV. Well, you don't taste really the high. You don't. It doesn't taste high. Like, yeah, it's not hot at all. It's It's very sneaky, but uh, it's sweet. The whiskey's coming through, man. This is a great beer. It's a great beer. It's a really good beer. It's yeah. really well done. So, like, sometimes you get uh, a beer that has been aged in a whiskey barrel, and all you get is that, like, thin whiskey, that, like, hot flavor. You know what I mean? No, this is this is very, like, sweet honey notes, malty notes, right? A little bit of bourbon coming through, but the bourbon's not really holding... You know, it's not really taking over the show on this beer. It's it's incredible. It's a wee heavy. It's a wee it's, heavy. It is, it is wee heavy. No, I'm going to be uh, more proud. And, uh, you know, side note, it, it's Perpetual Pieces. Uh, Silver Eagle came today and, and picked it up on the truck. So it'll it'll be hitting uh, all market. All the stores, grocery stores, stores and all that. Uh, Excellent. Uh, making its ways into the world. We're having like the, this is the the problem with having a distro brewery. I called Silver Eagle and they kept me on hold for like f- seven hours. <laughs> Silver, <laughs> I'm not big enough. Silver yet. Eagle. It's a wonderful <laughs> brewery. <laughs> they, they are saints. <laughs> so you have to say that. <laughs> yeah. To say that. <laughs> I mean, Silver Eagle. I mean, I don't know where we'd be without them. Let's remember. be honest. <laughs> They're the shining light. When I wake up in the, every morning, I, th- I thank God. For them, uh, <laughs> than everything else in my life, the uh, you guys are me five years from now. The well, right? so, but so, so, so but the problem with the distro like the uh, brewery, it's like we have we have there's a lot of perpetual piece that, that that's out of the market now. But like we have this great little tap room. Um, market divide the market demands. Like, yeah, it's like we have all these HEBs that want this much beer. Yeah. Mandated by the laws of God and everything natural <laughs> in the world, and like, and, and like, you know, and what are you gonna do? Short Silver Eagle and like, like deal. But then, but then you have a tavern and be like, hey, hey, aren't we gonna, gonna get some? It's like you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some. You get some. You know where you can find it? The H E B right yeah. off I ten. No, and, true. And, and, I mean, it's a, it's, it's this kind of, kind of constant, uh, whatever divide. And then you'll have a random account in the world that will be like, like, hey, some perpetual pieces out there. What, I can't get a keg? Oh, no, Greg, you can get a keg. <laughs> Damn right, we can get a keg. <laughs> All that blackmail on you. <laughs> Come on. The, uh, these, and, are, uh, these are problems I want. These are problems on a Monday morning that I want. Well, these are the, this is the, the, the great part of, of doing this show is John and I get to talk to a, a breweries of all sorts of of. of Sizes, scales, people in it who are different phases, ambitions. All right. Yeah, ambitions, yeah. and like, and, and like, some people like talk to Val from Valentine's, and he'll be like, "Stay away, distro, <laughs> not today." <laughs> like, like this is this is the like he, he likes where he is, and he doesn't want to, and he doesn't want to go. He just wants to keep everything in the house and, and control it, and and be that neighborhood spot, and he's perfectly fine and happy, and to do everything at his pace. Other yeah. people want to move into like. It's like paradigm. We were just there, and like they they they, they went dis. So Chris distro. actually came by here, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Chris was getting uh, a couple of fermenters, and I hope that he didn't get upset with me saying this, but uh, but uh, for his tap room, right? So um, he walks through the door. I think this is a good story. He might not, but he comes through. Also, 
He is one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Very right? nice. Super yeah. nice guy. Anyway, he walks to the door, and my first comment is, why are you here? I'm a three-and-a-half-barrel system brewery. Um, the company that I bought my fermenters from uh, told me that you were coming by because you want to see my fermenters. And I said, uh, You're, you got to be doing what, like 30 barrels minimum? 30, 60 barrels minimum? And he's like, yeah, 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 for production, though. And he was like, for my tap room, I'm doing 10 barrel fermenters. And I'm like, bro, you're really making me feel small here. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, he looks at my fermenters and uh, super nice guy. Like, we talked for maybe an hour, right? Like, crazy nice guy. And, uh, and I really need to make it up to his brewery. But... Um, yeah, I mean, um, you see some people that, like, the cans and everything like that, like, like that's the start of their whole plan. So we'll start canning probably in early February, but it's only going to be sold out of the tap room. And then we'll get larger fermenters coming in probably, like, like uh, late March, early April, and, and then... Uh, a 10 barrel fermenter coming in probably early May, but um, our cans are going to be sold out of the tap room. We we do want to get to the point where we serve um, some kegs out to like restaurants and bars and stuff like that. But our canning is probably mostly going to be sold out of the tap room since we're so small. So I do understand what like. Val is saying, right? Your margin is never higher outside of your tap room, right? So, well, as soon as you put that can in the grocery store, you lose a lot of margin. Well, like, what happens if, like, you're selling your four packs out of your brewery for 13, 14 bucks, and then it shows up in an HEB or a Kroger and it's been there for three, four weeks and they've dropped the price to like nine bucks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so it's like, it's, it's never going to be a fresher product than what you get out of the tap room. Right. And like, that's for all breweries. Right. So like, it's, it's never going to be more fresh out of the tap room. So definitely hit up all of your local, local tap rooms. But um, from a small guy standpoint, right, I mean, um, um, our company plan starting out was primarily um, we wanted to open up this location mainly to create our name, right? So, like, get on Shepherd, get in the Heights, create a name, get in this, like, uh, th like three-mile area of, of uh, you know eight to 12 different breweries, right? And um, make a name for ourselves and then open up another like small tap room that's also gonna brew their own beer. So our plan as a business is to open up this tap room and then open up another tap room in another like um, highly walkable, ride your bike up to the brewery walk your stroller and your kid up to the brewery right so like 
find another neighborhood and then open up another brewery, but that brewery is also going to have like a three and a half barrel or a five barrel system, right? So, and then our third phase is to maybe open up another like restaurant in a brewery sort of thing, right? So our company plan is to stay small with each tap room and each tap room is going to make its own beer. The problem comes whenever it, uh, you think about like who's going to brew that beer, right? Am I going to train somebody else to brew that beer? Am I going to travel around to, you know, every tap room and make that beer or, um, you know, uh, we were joking earlier, right? Like I have an 11 and a nine year old, right? My 11 year old is, is this like super compassionate kid. He's very intelligent. He's great. Right. <clears throat> My nine year old is also very intelligent, but I need to create a job for this kid. You know what I mean? So in 11 years, maybe we have three tap rooms open and my youngest boy is, you know, he's one of the brewers as well. So, you know, I do have a legacy that I want to create and I do want my kids to get like, like into the brewing scene. Certainly don't want to hold them back from anything that, that they want to do. Right. But I don't think I'm going to let go of like making beer anytime soon. Right. But, um, that's the whole question of it all. Right. It's like how to scale it. Right. How to scale it and how to scale it, but keep it small. Yeah. And our plan is to scale it. Manageable and controllable. Yeah. So those are two different, those are two completely different things. Right. So like scaling and keeping it manageable and uh, controllable. Uh, I stay awake at night thinking, uh, because we need to keep scaling. Right. Um, I think that in the last three months we've gotten a pretty good hold of like what everybody wants and we've gotten some pretty good feedback on the beer. Right. So like, where do we go next? Uh, and our, our, our natural thing is we buy larger fermenters and we start to get our beer out into restaurants and we start to get our beer out into bars but where do we go from there, right? So then we open up another brewery somewhere that's that's uh, that's a highly walkable, right? Like a neighborhood setting because we want to, we always want to maintain that like neighborhood microbrewery sort of room sort of thing. You know what I mean? So um, maintain that, but also also find a way to scale, right? Well, that's kind of you know if, if you. Find like maybe the next location could be a little bit bigger, right? Mm. And where it can almost be, you know, smaller tap room, but a little bit bigger production where maybe they're making your core brands that you know you're going to have everywhere. And you share a little bit. And you of it. share, yeah. yeah so, you, so you're able to put like four or five beers on tap everywhere from that one location, but they're also making, you know, different beers. And every, every place, like we ran into this last week. Yeah, let me take some notes real quick. Tanks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots so, of tanks. So apparently in Vegas, uh, a lot of the breweries uh, there, they 
there's not there's not many of them that actually you see the tanks. A lot, some of them are locked away behind other like closed doors and stuff like that. Oh, really? Which takes away from the entire experience because people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah." If we walked breathe? in, if we if we walked in here, I mean, you're just in a strip center off of North Shepherd, and we came in here, and there, there was a wall yeah. blocking this. And then it's like, oh, it's just like a, it doesn't have the same vibe as when you see the shiny equipment sitting right there. Yeah, no, you gotta see the tanks. Are you renaming your beards or like you know like? Yeah, so like, um, like uh, you walk into Eureka Heights, right? And the whole brewery is like right there, right? There's like a lot I, of production happening. I yeah. love that feel. And you know exactly where right? you are, right? I love that feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we kept uh, all the fermenters in the tap room here. And um, my wife, every two or three weeks, gets the uh, stainless steel wipes out and she wipes them down. Right. I mean, that's something that I should think about, but I never do. But um, she got to keep it shiny. People she gets, love shiny stuff. Yeah, she gets the wipes out and she wipes them down. She makes them shiny and they look great. Right. But um, I completely agree. I mean, there's something to sitting at the bar and then looking to your right and seeing a bunch of stainless steel going on. Right. So once we get our seven barrels in, you know, it'll just be a little bit larger stainless steel i think you know so so that's kind of where we're headed right like just get a little bit more beer for this tap room so that we can go out to the restaurants and bars look for another location hopefully in the next 18 24 months and then move from there but i mean sitting here right now i can't tell you where we're gonna be but we definitely need to keep scaling up i mean um I mean, I mean, you know, everything goes as business plans plan, right? <laughs> as business plans plan. Yeah. The business plan of John Denman. <laughs> it doesn't go as the business plan. It goes as the bank account says, I think. You know what I mean? So It has a lot more say than anything, for yeah, yeah. sure. So, but, I mean, um, in the last three months, the response has been great. The response has mainly been, you know, make more beer so if you're being limited by how much uh, product you can make then you know uh, that's not a bad problem no no and, and and actually running out's not a bad problem either because i mean you already just like a few months into it having to expand put more tanks in and brew more beer we're on the cusp every weekend of uh, uh right now it is a problem of like, i just ran out of my beer it is <laughs> it is but like like we're on the cusp every weekend so like, like are we gonna run out of beer you know what i mean so um uh it's just you know we brew as much as we can we we uh we were lucky enough to we got to the point where we had 11 beers on tap I think uh, starting this weekend, we'll be able to maintain that. I think in the next uh, three or four weekends, it's going to be a little bit challenging. But, um, you know, um, uh, it's fun chasing this whole thing. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, um, in the first segment, right, like I said, I was in oil and gas for about 16 years, right? And I sat behind a desk uh i traveled a lot and now you know maybe i'm not at home as much as i would like to be but man 
every morning I wake up and I get to come over to a brewery that I'm creating and I get to make beer that, uh, that, you know, I've been working on for the last 13, 14 years. Right. I mean, it's, it's, um, I'm completely grateful for everything that has happened, truly blessed in everything that has ever happened. Right. I mean, um, every morning I walk into this brewery and I turn the lights on and I just like stare at the fermenters and it's just absolutely, absolutely a dream. And I know that's like super cliche, but, uh, it's an absolute dream whenever I walk into this brewery every single morning. I mean, sort of drops off whenever I get into the labor and like <laughs> so you start unloading the pallets of grain manual and, labor of yeah, like like unloading the pallets it's a double like, batch today <laughs> yeah exactly but like still I mean uh super fun but um uh yeah I mean just definitely look, definitely a different vibe it's yeah, crazy definitely a different thing and it's crazy looking to the future after 11 weeks you know what I mean like like I didn't think that we would have this problem until maybe like August, right? But like, nah, man, like we're already looking to the future, looking to grow, right? So it's That's crazy, good. man. It's all good news. Yeah. Well, it's good beer too. And let's let's take a break so we can get some more of it. Yes. All right. This is Drink of Ages. We're over at Elder Sun Brewing Company, hanging out with Robert Fry. We'll be right back. get on the highway to hemp vodka highway vodka texas's first hemp-based vodka and black-owned distillery is already on the highway to houston's best vodka trust me i make it i'm cody fuller the lead distiller of highway vodka our award-winning vodka is made out of three simple ingredients hemp corn and water we distill it six times keeping only the hearts of the run meaning no hangovers you can find highway in all the major liquor stores get on the highway and find out more info at highwayvodka.com Weekends are a great time to check out Megaton Brewing in Kingwood. Jared, Chris, and the gang have created a badass place to kick back and enjoy a few beers. Big stouts, approachable sours, and plenty of hoppy brews are on tap at Megaton. Lots of space to hold your birthday party, corporate outing, or any event in one of the most unique tap rooms in the Houston area. Check them out on social media for their concert and event schedule. Megaton Brewery. Hope to see everyone at the vault. Key T Wellness, our friends down in Dickinson, is where you need to go if you're feeling sluggish, non-energetic, and non-motivated, not just when you're hungover. Get to know your numbers. As we get a little older, our hormone levels change, men and women. Key T Wellness can help. Weight loss, hormone optimization, low testosterone, B12, Botox, and more. Stop in and tell them that you heard it on Drink of Ages and get a free B12 shot. KeyTWellness.com. Why not feel your best again? KeyTWellness.com. All right, Drink of Ages, we are back. This is final segment. Uh, hanging out here at Elder Sun Brewing Company. Final segment just, just runs smoother. <laughs> is this the final segment? It, it is. This is the last segment. I thought we had one more. Right. I mean, we can always do one more, but that's the one that goes like in the dark, dark webs. You know, that's the one that... Yeah, there, there is the, the fourth and fifth segments out there. You just have to know the secret password on yeah. how to get to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we you know we've already kind of done like this. Technically, would be the fourth segment. <laughs> <laughs> you don't count that mysterious first one that no one heard, but it was gold. Hey, you know what? It um, was gold. It was gold. You know the the way that this normally works is you know my scratch is here. He takes care of all this stuff, but unfortunately, he had a little ladder. Taking off Christmas lights incident, so you know, hopefully it's up moving around pretty quickly after that. But you know, left to left for me to control all this. Sometimes we do a whole show without recording it. Uh, sometimes we do a show with uh, uh, one less mic stand, and sometimes <laughs> we do a show with one less mic stand. I had a great story that uh, was recorded. Well, no, wasn't recorded, but it was a great story. Yeah. So you got to come into uh, my tap room and ask me, hey, what was the story that you told that wasn't recorded on the show? And I'll tell you that. Mm. Right? Uh, yeah, be ready for this story. It'll cost you a beer. It'll- <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Order a beer. I'll tell you the story. It'll, it'll cost you a beer. A beer. And, and, and it, may, it may be only $3 on Thursdays for the rest of January. Or are you still going to commit to this? <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying to, so you're trying to combat um, dry, dry January. Dry January. Oh, by, dry by January. So, so lucrative. <laughs> then they end. An they offer end, you cannot end. refuse. <laughs> dry January. January 14th, which is a Friday. I'm going to go $3 pint night. Everything. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, I, a deal not to be I got to test the resolution. Yeah. Test the resolution. I don't know. I have a hard time with uh, anything that's that's like a short term fix, right? Like, like, like juicing or uh, <laughs> you know, not eating for a couple of days. You know, things like yeah. that. Oh, I'm going to reset my body. I'm like, your body resets itself pretty much like by itself. That's what it's made to do. You know, and and if, if anything, you, if you need to stop drinking so. for a month, then maybe you just need to stop drinking. I just want to throw a hitch, like right in the middle of January. You have a resolution. Are you willing to? Are you are you willing to actually pass up three dollar pint night on a Friday night? Well, by mid January, everybody's already you know they've yeah. already fallen off. And well, I hope so. Resolutions yeah. or well, yeah. The, well, I mean, ideally, the only people still hanging on are the people that are. are those are the people that are going to be like, "Hey, I'm going to go to end of February." It's like, "Oh, we didn't want you. You weren't part of my bottom line, anyways." <laughs> well, that's why you make resolutions like, "I'm going to try more beers this year." <laughs> That's what you should be doing. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to eat more tacos than I did last year. <laughs> yeah, things like that. I'm going to I'm going to make like extra salsa that I've a never. A New made Year's before. resolution is to go around Houston and try every stout yes. at every brewery. That's that's, that's a good that's resolution. That's the resolution. Quick, but that's uh, you know, that's, <laughs> it's good. It could go quick. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I will find out this year who makes the best chicken wings in all of Houston. You know that that's a resolution. Exactly, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a, resolution. It's, a, it's a goal. Yeah, hey. it's not just a challenge. It's a goal. Hey. No, I, I'm not a big fan of this dry January. We 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 had a we have run club at our brewery every Monday, that's and, the, and and we, people went running. I was one of them. Like ran a good three miles, come back home, everything is great. I was like, ah, first beer of the year. And then these t- other two people, they're like, all right, well that's great. I'm not drinking for all of January. And but I was like, oh, you could just run at home. Just keep on running, man. Keep on running. You know, the big thing about dry January is that I've seen a bunch of people uh, stop by the brewery and say, I'm doing like, I'm doing dry January. Give me three crawlers. And it's like, 
Hmm. Let me give you 96 <laughs> ounces of beer. And you're gonna, <laughs> and you're gonna for go a month. Dry January. Are you gonna drink it from now until January? Like the next two days? You're oh, just this gonna, was before oh. the New Year. You're just the gonna answer, uh, yes. Yeah, the just, answer was yes. You're just gonna drop down 96 ounces of beer. Yes. Or are you saving this for the middle of January whenever you're broken, right? But. January 14th at the brewery, $3 pint night. That's a Friday night. $3 pint night. That's a good deal. If you want to hold on to your resolution, hold on to your resolution. If not, $3 pint night, January 14th. And if truly you feel like you need to not drink just for one month and then make up for it the rest of the the other 11. I'm here. I'm right here. I'm here to support that too. (laughs) Yeah. But if you feel like you really need to stop drinking for a month, then maybe just, like I said, just stop drinking. Just maybe that's not, maybe, maybe this is not your thing. And I've got three new beers coming out Thursday, by the way. So perfect timing. (laughs) There you go. I mean, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned uh, being a home brewer. I, I think like home brewing is one of the best hobbies known to mankind. I, I've said it like a million times in the show. How uh, many times? I don't know, a million and five, okay. probably at this point. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, there's not really. I mean, you can take up crochet and other other things, you know, like disc golf and stuff like that. But you know, it's fun. But it's not. It's not home brewing. So um, crocheting is not home brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the big beers. Right. So, um, hey, a lot of people are taking up crocheting right now. I see it all online. It's, it's become a thing. Those homebrew numbers and crocheting numbers. I mean, it's, it's like they're neck and neck. They're, they're getting close. So, uh, all right. So, twelve years ago, I was dating my wife, right? And I knew that I wanted to marry her. So, I went to go meet. Uh, her family and her brother up in uh, East Texas. So I asked her brother, who's this, uh, he's like 6'5", rugby player, intimidating dude, right? And I said, what are you into, man? Like, let's bond. And he said, I play Xbox with my nephews on the weekend and I homebrew. So literally, we drove back to Houston. The next weekend, I bought a homebrew set and an Xbox 360, and I started playing Call of Duty, and I started brewing homebrew, right? Two two actually pretty great things to do. Exactly. So that was 13 years ago. I started homebrewing. Um, we were just having a conversation, actually, right? So... Um, I lived in the Kingwood area, so I went to a homebrew shop there in Humble. Backyard homebrewers is really, you know, we we opened up, Adam and I, we opened up Backyard Homebrewers, uh, what, 2011, 2012, something like that. And, you know, our big focus was to get more people brewing beer. Yeah, so, like, I walked in, and I bought a seven-gallon, like, one pot system, right? And um, I came back home and I did a uh, a partial mash, short of 
sort of thing, right? And um, yeah, with the extract. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of grain, a little bit of extract. Extract, little easy bit of grain. stove top. Yeah, easy stove top, and uh, started brewing. And the first, the first beer I made, I'm pretty sure, I. I boiled the grain. I did the hops for too long, right? Like it was an incredibly high IBU, gross IPA, right? Like, like just incredibly horrible beer, right? But um, sounds like you didn't follow instructions. I did not follow, follow instructions. very well. But like, um, you know, three, four years. Three or four years later, I start really getting into like water profile. Uh, six years later, I start start like really getting into like uh, yeast microbiology, and uh, you know, so I start home brewing, and I got um, all my buddies that are hanging out like um, in the driveway like while I'm making beer and we're drinking beer and um <clears throat> one of my buddies asked me he said like what would you name this brewery if you ever opened a brewery and it was always elder son right because my dad he was an attorney uh he would always say hey this is my eldest son Robert and it's incredibly embarrassing when that happens but if well, it's not as embarrassing as my dad would be like, this is the dumb one. <laughs> this is the, <laughs> the dumb tall one. <laughs> but if you're trying to name a brewery, it's a great name, you know? So, like, we ran with that whole thing of, like, uh, Elder Son Brewing. Um, we tried a few different things, but uh, we always came back to Elder Son Brewing. And um, here we are now, right? I mean... My father, uh, he passed away in uh, 2014. There's a little bit of irony there, right? I mean, uh, uh, one of the IPAs that we make, uh, Old Man Brad, uh, it's it's like, what is it? It's like uh, 82 IBU, right? My dad hated beer. So from an irony standpoint, I was like, I'm going to name this beer after my dad, Old Man Brad, right? It's it's aggressive, it's piney, it's lemony, right? And I said, uh, from an irony standpoint, like, I'm going to name this after my dad. So from a naming standpoint, I mean, Elder Son's got a lot of people in the name, right? Like, I've got, I've got probably six buddies who were there right like like that's what you should name your brewery but like we sort of got away from that whenever we were looking for spots where we gonna where we we were gonna open a brewery like like first it was garden oaks and we we were gonna name it something else and then and then uh like um south of a like south of i-10 on taylor and we we were going to name it something else, but we always came back to, to, um, what we originally wanted it to be. And that's the great thing about this, right? Is that, um, you, you go through all these stages 
and then you always end up at where you where you were supposed to be and where we were where we were supposed to be is at this spot that we looked at three times and we always said that it was too small but we knocked down all the walls and we always said that uh maybe we should try a different name but we always came back to the name of the elder son and everybody was always in it right so like all the people who were who were sitting in the driveway drinking the homebrew making the homebrew um they all came into it right and we ended up here on shepherd with elder son brewing um and that's the great thing right and and now we've got a whole neighborhood that uh they stop in on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They bring their dogs, they bring their kids, and they come in and they have beer. I mean, um, you go to bed at night and you wonder, am I making good beer? And you wake up on a Friday morning and you come into work and you have these same people coming back in, coming back in, coming back in. And on Saturday, coming back in, coming back in, coming back in drinking the beer and it makes you wake up on a Monday and it makes you grain in and it makes you mash in and it makes you make beer. I mean, we're a small brewery, right? So we're three and a half barrels. So we're constantly brewing, but everything that happens on a Thursday through a Sunday makes you wake up on that Monday and it makes you come in and it makes you make more beer and more beer and more beer. And, um, I mean, the last three months have just been absolutely incredible that you just want to keep on going and you just want to keep on growing it and and like like finding a way to get your beer out to more people, right? I mean, so, it, it is a rush. It's a rush, man. It's a huge rush. It's a life rush, right? Like I joke with people and I say like, uh, I just turned 40, right? So this is my Corvette, right? And it's incredible. Like honestly, I'm not um I'm not a sentimental person, right? I'm really not. But I come in here on a Tuesday morning and I just look at this brewery and I and like man, I get sentimental, right? Like it's so romantic, right? It's so romantic. Like you create something that is growing and it's just a romantic feeling. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, there's worse, much worse midlife crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You could go through for sure. Opening up a brewery for sure. No, but I understand. I get it, man. You walk in here, you know, the lights are off, you know, stuff like that. You're just looking around. You're like, man, this, this, this is my creation. This exactly. is my idea. This is my plan. This, this is what's happening. All right, uh, Tom, next week. Uh, man, I don't know where we're going to be next week. I was, I was waiting for you to tell me. Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the list to see what's happening. But I will be in San Diego over the weekend, so I might throw in a few segments out there. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to. You're Kevin gonna, cut gonna, that part out. That's not going to happen. <laughs> 23 minutes yeah, in. Yeah, no. It's Kevin, all Kevin, just delete all this. <laughs> <laughs> You're not 23 minutes. With you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 23 minutes.
24 minutes in. It's dead. Sorry, Kevin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We love you, buddy. Keep all the good parts. Yep. Uh, Take those pain meds. Good luck. (laughs) You need them. Hope you feel better. (laughs) John, why? (laughs) Now, you can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company by going to drinkofages.com and all over the other parts of the internet. And, man, everybody be safe. Happy New Year. 2022 is rocking. So, uh, looking forward to what's going to happen and all the new breweries opening up in Houston and around the area. Everybody be safe. Talk to everyone next week.